is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Sunshine Tanasco on the show today. Sunshine is a First Nations mom of four kids um, from the Kitigan, Zibi, Anishinaabeg. She is a social entrepreneur who believes that business is an exciting place where people can create positive change. Sunshine recently launched Her Braids, which is a business that aims to create awareness about the issues of clean drinking water in First Nations communities through beaded pendants. Her Braids has committed to donating 10% of their profits to the David Suzuki Foundation's The Blue Dot Movement. She is also the CEO of Powwow Pitch, which aims to give Indigenous entrepreneurs the platform to showcase their entrepreneurial endeavors and a chance to win startup cash and mentorship. Sunshine hopes to help cultivate the culture of entrepreneurship in Indigenous communities. Welcome to the show, Sunshine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, This is my first podcast. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Here we go. It's going to be a good one. (laughs) I can just sense it. Um, So Sunshine, you know, as we dive into today's conversation, what's the one piece of advice that you want women entrepreneurs in our audience to take away? Um, I think uh, it's, I'd like women entrepreneurs to be gentle with themselves. Mm. I feel like, uh, you know, entrepreneurship, you're just, you you're naturally tough on yourself. And, uh, I find the older I get, the more gentle I get with myself. So that's, I guess my, that's what I'm hoping Mm. that every entrepreneur sort of learns a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. I completely, I love that sentiment. It's actually what my one piece of advice that I've been giving to entrepreneurs is exactly on that same vein. Um, and you know, women entrepreneurs and, and all entrepreneurs that especially under our current circumstances, uh, being gentle to ourselves is more important than ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So walk us through your social entrepreneurship journey. Um, what are you doing now and how did you, you know, come to this place? Yeah, that's sort of, it just sort of unfolded naturally, organically. I stumbled upon entrepreneurship as a lot of entrepreneurs do. Uh, it started off with me making baby moccasins for my second daughter Mm -hmm. and they just sort of took off and I went on dragons then. And once I made a deal with the dragons and was aired on TV, that just, that was it. That was the, the beginning of the end, I guess. Um, and, and that just solidified 
this whole my whole journey. Um, I think uh, once you become, you know, your own creative boss, and once you feel that freedom and that excitement within creating projects, you know, you're hooked on that, mm. uh, where you become uh, self-sustaining. So. Uh, once I started my first business, uh, which was Baby Moccasins, um, yeah, that just sort of led me to other businesses. I did have a couple of jobs in the in in the middle of those projects, um, but but then I got fired mm. <laughs> from a job which I which I loved and mm. I felt that I was very good at. It was just uh, we I had very big differences with um, with the woman in charge and. Uh, so uh, that led me to start Powwow Pitch. And, and the reason I got fired actually was because I thought that Powwow Pitch and helping entrepreneurs, you know, giving them a place to shine, I thought that would be really good for entrepreneurs and, um, you know, got fired because someone else didn't agree with that. And so I did Powwow Pitch for the first year, uh, which was my other project. And that's uh, a pitch competition for Indigenous entrepreneurs based on sort of something very similar to Dragon's Den. Mm. And, uh, and did that for free because I just felt like this needs to be done. And, you know, it's not being done. And I think mm -hmm. it's super important. And long story short, uh, this is going to be the sixth year that we're doing it. And now, you know, this is the first year that we're taking it national. And that's going to be, um, that's going to be launched soon. So I know it, it's something that it's like, it was a passion project that mm -hmm. sort of led into, okay, now it's like something real and concrete and people are, you know, into it and appreciate it. And it's just a real feel good project. And so at the same time, as I launched powwow pitch, I also launched her braids um, mm -hmm. to bring awareness about the need for clean drinking water in first nations communities. And it just basically started because a pipe, broke in Gatineau, a water, a water pipe, and they dug up the entire sidewalk, the entire road on a, on a main drag here in Gatineau and had it fixed within months. Mm -hmm. And our community, which is an hour and a half North of Ottawa, and it's touching uh, the French town of Manawaki, 40% mm -hmm. um, of our community still doesn't have clean drinking water. And we're touching a French town where everybody has clean drinking water. What is that? Like, really, what is that? And so it was to sort of bring awareness. And it was, and so I wrote to the David Suzuki Foundation. And what started off, which was supposed to be a nine month, um, basically a fundraiser with, uh, you know, in partnership with the David Suzuki Foundation, has now turned into uh, also five years of me. Um, not just selling these little beaded conversation starters, but going around, um, obviously pre COVID giving workshops mm -hmm. and teaching people, uh, you know, some statistics and teaching people how to bead and to create these conversation starters, as well as, um, a children's book called Nibi's water song mm -hmm. to talk about this issue specifically. And so I guess sort of, that's my, it just sort of all one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And, mm -hmm. and here we are.
Yeah, as it does. <laughs> I find yeah. sometimes going through these conversations, especially with different Thrive podcast um, guests, you know, the the path is not linear <laughs> to entrepreneurship. That is for sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so when you think of some of the lessons that you've learned along the way, you know, you've started multiple businesses, um, really with a similar sort of core um, passion that, that clearly comes across in all of your various projects. What are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way that you'd want to share with our Thrive podcast guests? Uh, I feel like you're never going to be completely ready. Mm. Um, every time you press go, you know, it's, it's always going to be like, Oh, Oh oh my God, what am I doing? That sort of deal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's never a moment where everything lines up and everything is perfect and you just have to do it. And baby steps honestly make a difference one tiny step a, a day or even you know take a friggin' day off take two days off and then take another baby step mm-hmm. um but yeah what was the question <laughs> <laughs> Any lessons I learned? With it? <laughs> no, it's great well I, I think that's such an important lesson that that was true pre-covid but also you know as we navigate this global pandemic um everything is not going to be buttoned down like we don't have all the answers about what the future is going to be uh, where we sit in that future uh, you know the the future of work. There are so many questions that that people are asking that aren't that we're not going to be able to get answers for. Um, so I think that attitude of you know take it baby step at a time and and maybe <laughs> yeah just being sort of gentle on yourself through that process um, because you're not going to have all the answers at least for for the interim. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of um, some of the barriers that you faced over the last number number of years in building your various businesses, um, what have some of those barriers been? Um, and what other advice would you have for women entrepreneurs who might be experiencing? similar barriers? Um, I think my first business, which I closed down the baby moccasin Mm -hmm. business, uh, that's where I learned a lot of the hard lessons. I, I had to close it down for so many reasons and I, I wasn't paying myself, uh, because everybody else needed to get paid. And that's, uh, that's a big, a big struggle. And especially if you're a single mom, uh, you're the one who has to pay the bills. So you have to get paid. Otherwise it's volunteer work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big struggle. And I know, um, with entrepreneurs that especially indigenous women entrepreneurs that I speak to, because that's generally who I, you know, my work is for, Um, I think there's a very big overlap in personal and business life. Mm. So that's the part that's a little tricky. I think um, also that's why Powwow Pitch is about community and about bringing your children and about including them. Because sometimes, you know, if you have a bunch of kids, you can't find babysitters all the time and you can't, you know, you're doing all this stuff and it's about, you know, exposing everybody and, and all, and, and really community based things. Mm. Um, so I think my biggest challenge was finding that balance and, um, and making it okay to say, you know what, like my kids are coming or no, I can't because this is the, the, you know, a concert that my children are having. I can't go because that's my priority. So one, one piece was being able to provide for my family financially, but also being able to set boundaries because when you're an entrepreneur, especially at the beginning, you just sort of say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, I, I think a little bit farther down the path you get, that's where you are like, okay, I can't because I'm just going to wear myself right out. Mm-hmm. And I just need to say, okay, I'm going to work from this time to this time. And then I'm going to turn it off, even though 
the emails are coming in full, you know, full throttle. Mm -hmm. So you, I love that you touched on, um, you know, obviously life as a mom and life as an entrepreneur, those are two very intensive jobs to have. Um, and I love that in, in your bio and in your description, you included yourself as a mom in, in, you know, the first line, which I think is really symbolic and really important that that's, that's core to who you are. Um, can you share, you know, what building a, a family while building a business was like, um, you know, what challenges did you face as a mom, um, sort of building, you know, your family and your business simultaneously? Yeah, so I, I feel like entrepreneurship lends itself very well, you know, to, you know, to the situation of moms, or I guess, you know, parents who are actively involved in their children's life. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're gonna go back, I'm being super honest right now. But the reason part of the, the tipping, whatever, when I got fired was, my son has my my third my third child my son he has cerebral palsy and down syndrome he's one in a gazillion million like people don't have both wow. at the same time yeah. he has both so he has more doctor's appointments he has more glass he has so many different appointments and so many different needs mm. and so when I went into work and and I gave it my all and I rarely if ever missed and I said okay I had worked all weekend uh for I guess as part of my contract and I said I'm going to be um two hours late my son has an appointment but I'll be in to work right after after I had worked all weekend like two full days mm. And at the time, my boss um, said, all right, well, I hope you're going to take that off of your, like, write that in. Mm. And I said, okay, well, that's fine. I can do that. So should I write in this weekend's hours as well? Like, meaning 16 hours, and I'll knock off two of those hours, and we'll, have, we'll be equal at 14 hours. And she didn't like that at all, and made a very big deal about it, and really, you know, came down hard on this situation. And so in that moment, I'm like, what? This is my son. Mm -hmm. He has an, like, an appointment. Who else is going to take care of him? Mm -hmm. Like he has, this is my ultimate number one job in life. Mm -hmm. You know, and when my time here is over, I'm going to look back and I'm going to look back at my children mm -hmm. and how I love them and raise them. That is my ultimate goal mm -hmm. jobs they're going to come and go this prod all these projects that I start I am so proud of them but they'll never light a candle to the you know the work that I'm putting in with my children and the love that I'm putting in and so um I think I, I think that um was a really pivotal moment in my in my life mm -hmm. that moment of okay so mom first, job second. Mm -hmm. And so as an entrepreneur, I don't have to ask anyone. My my children need this. Okay, boom, done. And all my work is scheduled around that. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of why mom is first. Yeah, I love that. And, and I think there is incredible opportunity. And, and I've been speaking to many um, of our Thrive podcast guests about this, that entrepreneurship comes out of necessity in, in many situations, but also can be in a really empowering move for women in business that, you know, taking control over the direction of your life, over your passion and trying to, you know, monetize it somehow or, or really becoming an entrepreneur and creating the terms for your life. It, there's incredible potential there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
So in terms of resources that you've used along the way, um, what have been the key resources that have been helpful for you as you've been building your businesses and, you know, shifting, closing them down, opening, opening them up um, along that, that entire journey? What resources have you tapped into? Um, so obviously like mentorship and I feel like I've had so many mentors for different areas. So, you know, I have this, this finance guy who actually, when we met, we, we didn't like each other at all because (laughs) I'm all heart and he's all numbers. Mm. And so he was like, that's a bad financial decision. And I'm like, but it's a great emotional decision. (laughs) And so we'd sort of like, he's like, who are you? I'm like, who are you? It's not all about the money. And anyways, but he really, um, helped me really, really helped me focus and realize, you know, that like, do you realize you're not paying yourself in my first business? And I'm like, I know, but, 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 Mm. but, um, and so he was my finance guy. I have, you know, this woman who inspires me on the regular just by being and her converse, the conversations I have with her because she's a mom, because she's so successful and chill and how she handles herself. I'm like mm-hmm. always blown away. And she's not even trying. She doesn't even know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that there's different areas in which we get m- mentored, um, whether we call it mentorship or not. Um. I also for so this was a game changer for me only because I change directions quite frequently and I love being able to do that like mm. ooh let's try this boom you know and uh, you know off-roading I just said that I off-roading that. is off-roading. my specialty <laughs> yeah so I'm like oh this looks fun or this is interesting let's try that and so the business model canvas mm. I I I'm all about that life mm-hmm. I love that I can you know take off a sticky put on a sticky um you know dream boarding I don't just do that for my personal life, which I I also have, but I also do it for, you know, my projects that I want to complete or that I, you know, see in the future. Mm. Um, yeah, but otherwise, you know, it's just surrounding yourself, like, you know, Startup Canada, whenever there's events or whenever there's something, um, surround yourself with people who are trying to do it, you know, maybe different projects, but who have that same desire to do Mm. good and who are self-sufficient and who are, you know, going for it, whatever it may be. Mm. Yeah. I I love that you keep calling it self-sustaining or self-sufficient. Like I love that idea that, you know, you can really keep yourself going and and that passion can fuel, um, you know, how you sustain your life and, and financially, emotionally, like there's so much to that statement. I love that. Um, so if we think of, um, you know, indigenous entrepreneurs before COVID, we know that indigenous entrepreneurs, um, don't, or, or sort of lack uh, a lot of the resources that can be tailored to local communities across Canada, um, and, and need additional support. I think we're seeing that more so now under, under COVID-19. Um, what is your sense of the challenges that indigenous entrepreneurs are facing today and how can we support them moving forward? Uh, I mean, visibility is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, having, you know, showcasing more Indigenous entrepreneurs and what they're doing uh, is important. And not just to ourselves, but it to the non-Indigenous community as well. I think that's where, you know, we have to, you know, buy from each other and trade with each other and really uh, work together. Um 
Sorry, what was the question again? So, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, what am I answering? <laughs> no, it's all good. So um, what challenges do you think Indigenous entrepreneurs are facing now? Um, and how can we better support Indigenous entrepreneurs across Canada? Yeah, I mean, buy from Indigenous entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, share their posts, do your research, uh, you know, really support them Um not, not just financially, but, you know, social media is so good. Share their pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty much, I, that's pretty much it right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And, and so with powwow pitch, I would love to, to get a sense that it's fantastic to see that powwow pitch is now scaling nationally. Um, what are some of the stories and, and can you maybe bring to light some of the, the indigenous entrepreneurs that you've met through powwow pitch and how that event has really, um, propelled them into either growing their businesses or, or networking with other um, entrepreneurs that can sort of support them along their journey? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're around uh, people who are about to go on the stage and tell people about their business, uh, you know they're passionate. You feel their passion and everybody's scared because who likes public speaking in front of an audience, (laughs) you know? And so just being surrounded by those entrepreneurs every year or two times a year or whatever we're having it, really uh, the momentum... It, the momentum just keeps going and, and picks up. Uh, we've seen, you know, entrepreneurs from owning construction companies, women who own construction companies, to beauty lines, to makeup, mm-hmm. to restaurants, to tea makers, um, and just the really creative ways that they have number one started it or continue to grow it. Um, even though there are often barriers like, okay, they're living in a community way over here or, you know, they have this or whatever. Um, so it's been really interesting and real. I'm really grateful that people come out and participate every year and, and want it and ask for power pitch because, um, not only do we try and help showcase their, Uh, businesses, but it really inspires everybody else who's involved in the project because you never, you never know who's watching, you know, and we really need to see um, Indigenous faces succeed. And I think that's super important. Um, You know, in, in whether it's on TV, whether it's on podcasts, whether it's, we really need to see like, oh man, that woman or that indigenous person is doing it. And I didn't even think that that was a possibility, but frig, yes, it is a possibility. If they can do it, I can do it. So that's real. That's really part of the, that's the part that's important to me. Mm. And how do you see, you know, the role that we need to encourage more indigenous um, entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses? How would you suggest going about that? How do we create that entrepreneurial mindset within indigenous communities? Or is it already there and we just need to showcase it on a more on a larger stage? Oh, entrepreneurship has always been a part of indigenous communities. Uh, You know, we trade all the time. Um, I think that it's you know, within our communities and especially at, you know, we at Powell's, I don't know who's ever been to a Powell who's listening right now, but um, there's, you know, the drummers in the middle and then the dancers around and then all around the outside, there's all kind of vendors, you know, Mm. you call it pop-up shops. We just call it vendors, Mm. whether it's food vendors or craft vendors or tea vendors or whatever. Um, So it's already happening. Mm -hmm. Um, 
scaling. I, I also think there's a conversation to be had about scaling. What does scaling mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, some people don't want to scale. Some people literally just want to be self-sufficient mm-hmm. and create a good life for themselves. Why do we focus on scaling? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's also something like, I don't know if we need to encourage that. That's up to the entrepreneur and what their life goals are, really. Um, but, you know, becoming self-sufficient, however that looks in every, that's that's the key focus. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's such a good point. And looking at what success looks like, scaling and having a, a giant multinational company, that's not what everybody's success <laughs> indicator is. Um, mm. And I think that that comes down to respecting individual entrepreneurs and what they want to get out of their businesses and, and the role that it serves in their lives. That's a really excellent point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So looking at, um, you know, a key piece of advice that you would want to offer um, women entrepreneurs or potentially even women, Indigenous women, um, what would be the one key piece of advice that you'd want to leave entrepreneurs with from today's conversation? I just, just keep taking those baby steps. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important and it adds up without you even realizing um, and, and, go slow and slow is okay. The fast mm. is okay too, if that's how, but, but slow and steady wins the race really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's so funny. I feel like that's easier said than done that, you know, entrepreneurs are always going a mile a minute mm-hmm. in all these different directions. And, and one quote that, that resonated with me recently was um, that, you know, when, if you get lost in a forest, instead of pausing and assessing your, your sort of surroundings, most people run faster in the wrong direction. <laughs> so that, <laughs> it's like this moment that I think we all, you know, at this exact moment need to take the time to pause and say, okay, let's make some strategic decisions as to where we go next, as opposed to just running is at the speed of light into the wrong direction just for the sake of speed mm-hmm. yep practice the pause exactly practice the pause there mm-hmm. we go awesome well thank you so much sunshine for, for participating on the thrive podcast today thank you very much thank you for joining us this week on the thrive podcast where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.